You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we're television news anchors at competing stations in New York. But in real life, we are the best of friends. So tell our listeners why we decided to choose The Ladies Room. Well, it's that place where you get yourself together, tell a secret, cry, laugh. Ladies know what I mean. Yeah, we definitely know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal ladies who are doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. You're on air and the ladies room. so excited to have in the ladies room founder and CEO of The Difference. Her name is B. Arthur. Yes, that's her name. <laughs> that's my real name. Thank These you. are my real boobs. <laughs> they can't see it. them on yeah. the podcast. They see them on the They'll see a picture. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be in the ladies room. It's we appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I love it, stepping in this room. Yeah. And we go way back from our days at Emerson in Boston, yes. Way back, way, way back. Town undergrad, yeah. Yes. Up and we go back, back too from Texas, even though we just yes, met today. Yes, yes. <laughs> Texas Chica. Yes. Yes, it's a real thing. <laughs> Selena forever. Yes. <laughs> so talk about what the difference is. Yes. So, um, yeah, I am a licensed mental health counselor. I have been for over 10 years now. Uh, and what I will do this work for the rest of my life, mental health. Um, but my career kind of took off at the intersection of psychology and technology. Um, I had one of the very first online therapy companies to do it with video, which was originally called Pretty Padded Room. And our tagline was a nice place to go crazy. And yeah, that was me on Shark Tank looking cute. <laughs> yes, you were. And we'll get into booed. that. <laughs> <laughs> looking cute but getting booed. But yeah, that was my first, um, you know, I started my career as a domestic violence counselor. I loved the work I did. I would have done it forever, but I was making 38 grand a year. Mm. I was going to start, but it wasn't emotionally or financially sustainable. Um, and before I went back to school for psych, I was actually in real estate. So I'm a pimp, period. So like, I've always been that. And so I was like, there is a cap on how much I can make, even in private practice. And I was just like, how do I scale this? How do I sell this on like a macro level? And whenever I would tell people I was a therapist, people would always immediately be like, oh, I, the therapy is terrible. I love therapy. It was too expensive. It was too hard. I hate my therapist. But then in the next five minutes, I would by default become their therapist for the rest of that party. And I'm just like, I know the value of this work and I know it's good. So I just want to scale. I want everybody to at least be able to try it. And so that's when I started Pretty Patter Room. I was 27 years old. Domestic violence counselor. I always say I'm an outsider founder, meaning I don't know how to code. I am non-technical. I didn't live in the valley, all that stuff. But I just figured it out. Nine said weekends. And when, um, and, and it worked. We launched. Um, we had press and clients from day one. Um, I thought it was going to be like a part-time counseling company to, you know, help pay off my student loans, but I very quickly realized I was running a tech platform with no technical experience, no technical co-founder, but we had revenue and we had product market fit. That was how I paid my bills. I ended up quitting my job eight months in. And then um, we got, I did business plan competitions on the side. And on one of those business plan competitions, I met with uh, one of the judges was Jessica Livingston, who is the co-founder of Y Combinator, which is like the kingmaker startup accelerator. And I think at the time we we're doing about 8000 a month in monthly recurring. And she was like, wow, you know, startups never make revenue in the first few years. You should apply to Y Combinator. And I was like, who's Y Combinator? <laughs> I had no idea. And so um, and I got it. So I applied. I got in. And it turned out I was the first African-American female founder to ever be accepted into the program, which yes. was kind of a big deal. And I always say, like, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is to find my entire career. Because had I known, I probably wouldn't have applied. You know, there was literal rocket scientists in my batch in, in Mountain View. like, And I was just like, mm, I want people to talk to each other. You know, I just very much had imposter syndrome. But we did our thing. We were 
in business for five years. We're in 30 countries. We generated almost a million dollars in revenue. Um, 42% of our clients had never tried therapy before. But like I said, I had a lot of technical issues. A weak technical team led to a lot of technical debt, which is what led to my personal debt. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to close. And then also Talkspace came out of nowhere, like in 2014, and had raised like $8 million or $10 million at that time. So we decided to close. But the good thing is you have to trust God's timing because yeah. like that's all that it is. Some things happen so other things can happen, yeah. you know? And so when we died, I died, you know, and I wrote about it with Forbes. And that's how I started working with Forbes. I'm just talking about how women's approach to failure, whereas men are kind of celebrated and own it. Um, but I um, died and I was in a lot of debt and all my competitors wanted to hire me. So I was like meeting with them and I was just like, damn, some of them had like better engineers, 10x engineers, Infinity X funding, and they still hadn't generated the revenue I had. So I was like, bet, I'm going to finish what I started. Mm. So I sold my URL to one of my old competitors. I got out of debt. Everybody was kind of doubling down on text therapy and I really I was like this, they're close but no cigar like that's the issue like t- therapy is the most personal conversation you can have and texting is the most impersonal way mm-hmm. to communicate so it's just like no like people want to be able to pick up the phone like they call their mother without your mother actually guilt tripping you kind of thing you know and so uh, it just came to me all my names have come to me when I do brand strategy and it just dropped in my head the right talk at the right time can make all the difference and so I like this idea of being able to connect with somebody within 30 minutes or less like in the heat of the moment and at the time I figured you know people talk to Alexa so people talk to therapists you know and here's this perfect Venn diagram of opportunity and you know God saw me through this one because literally I was just telling my friend about it I was like yeah wouldn't that be cool if there was an Alexa scope for therapy mm-hmm. and she was my friend works at Amazon let me see if he'll be into it turns out her friend family friend um, was Dave Lemp who's number three at Amazon all of Amazon not just over Alexa but all devices wow. and he was just before the deck was even designed and put me in touch and I've been working with Amazon since last March so Congrats. we built Amazon's first Alexa scope for therapy uh, we connect you with a live licensed human therapist within 30 minutes or less via your phone a smart speaker yeah. and why <laughs> e-therapy because yeah you're one of the pioneers in yeah. this whole e-therapy yeah. realm so mm-hmm. why that well there's so I'm from Texas. Yeah. We're from Texas. And before that, my family's from Ghana and West Africa. Um, in New York City, it's hard to get a good therapist. In places like Texas, it's hard to get a therapist. And in places like Ghana, it's not even a thing you can even study, let alone a service you can use. And I've been really blessed in my life to have really amazing friends, really close family connections, a very strong entrepreneurial community here in New York. And a lot of people don't have that. Everything I've been through and have done would have been way harder if I didn't have support. And unfortunately, there is a deficit of therapists. 77% of American counties don't ha- have a therapist therapist shortage. Um, and one of our clients that we're working with is College of Eastern Idaho. They reached out to us and they were like, yeah, we're like the second fastest growing state in the union, but we're eighth in American suicides. Mm-hmm. And there's not even enough therapists in the entire state of Idaho to serve this one community. You know, so it's kind of like, why, why would we limit it to physical, you know? And also when you're going through some things, it's harder to leave the house. Um, it's expensive. You know, mm-hmm. you're not feeling so hard. You like, and you have to, it, the process itself is very broken. Um, there's a lot of steps to get started. There's a lot of mystery on mental health. Like there's a lot of non-transparency. It's all funneled through insurance, which everybody hates anyway. The insurance companies hire very aggressive people mm-hmm. to not pay you out. And so a lot of therapists, that's why they do have to go private practice and charge 200 and 500. And that locks a lot of people out. So with the difference, it was really important to me that there was an under $100 a month option. Because otherwise, there's too many things that are priced that serve the role of mental health. Like mm-hmm. fuck around on Instagram, eating, shopping, gambling, video games. It just kind of numb those emotions rather than actually 
facing and fixing them. So I just wanted to make it an integrated part of our daily lives. Mm. I think we're finally at a place, finally, where um, we're ready to talk about mental health in a mainstream way. Yeah. And so I really want to change the conversation about what therapy is and whom it's for by like making it more accessible and affordable. Yeah. What was going back to... Sorry, that's a whole... I know. No, girl, that's look, not the difference. Edit it. it however you like. <laughs> but I talk quick, so you yeah, can. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Talking sound bites. So going back to Pretty Padded Room, yeah. What talk about that experience on Shark Tank. A lot of people, I feel like even though it didn't, we can talk about it now because the episode aired, yeah. but like it didn't have a good ending for you, but no. it did. <laughs> it did. It, so talk about that All experience. things work together for good. Yeah. So again, so I've been super blessed that a lot of people have helped me out. Like when people talk about, oh, entrepreneurs or caddy women do this, not on this side. I mean, maybe because in New York, we all have different businesses, so we're not in direct competition with each other. And also we don't have coworkers anymore. So there is kind of this like, only you know what I'm going through. But I've been really blessed that a lot of people have helped me out. Um, and But this wasn't one of them. Somebody just told me like, oh, you should apply for Shark Tank. And again, I didn't really know what it was. I thought it was Donnie Deutsch's show. <laughs> And she was like, okay, yeah. I told my friend about it. She, she'd be interested. She, they, so you have to apply today. They had hired an outside casting company. And so they were like, send it to here. But after today, this email won't work. This is like 2011, 2010. This email won't work. Uh, this number won't work. So just send it today. So I just submitted all this stuff, a video. I filled out this like Bible ap- application and, um, and just had to wait. And I couldn't follow up being like, hey, did you get it? Um, and then they wrote back to me and they, actually probably can't speak on it because, yeah. but there's a process to getting cast on the show and they don't even tell you up until like very like until the end but um, yeah so we got cast on the show and we had to you know actually I, I can't speak too much on the yeah, okay, okay, other okay. than like the produce you have your own producers that are kind of coaches who help you through the pitch and you know they're like oh if you say it like this you'll make the before the commercial cutaway like you know just help you make it because it's primarily an, an edutainment show yes, you know yeah. whether or not the deals happens you, they want people want to know about small business people in America and, um, yeah, so I walked in. I mean, I was, like, shadow boxing to Beyonce. Like, before, I was, like, my producers were, like, you're going to kill it. Because, you know, I had this Kelly Bundy body. But then when you start talking, you're so smart. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they called the plans evolved. Like, I was literally, it was, I was probably up there, like, 30, 40 minutes. I was the first one after lunch. So I thought it would be good because they'd be chill. But the one in the middle was feisty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was zesty. He just had such a hard on for me. He was, like, that you're charging too much. You're charging too little. I don't. It was like amazing. It, I always tell people it's like kind of like walking down a hallway and expecting to get a surprise party, but then you get jumped. <laughs> like, wow. That's what it was like because they were talking about my mama. It was just personal. It felt personal. After a while, I wasn't even sure. They only air at the time about seventy percent of what they tape, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like, oh, like it was so boring because I literally like became an animal. You know when an animal, like there's a dominant animal and the other one just kind of like, I kind of just stopped responding. I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> Let me get out of here. Oh, okay. So I didn't even think I, there was any usable because I would just shut down inside. Um, but they kept it. And But you know what? Just like you said, it was a win because first of all, 96% of the email and stuff and tweets that we got were super supportive and loved the idea. This was press I could not have paid for and I didn't pay for. And we, I think we made the, like, the entire previous year's revenue in the first two weeks after that airing. And then it came back again when it re-aired six months from now and it attracted partners to me. And, and the best lesson besides like the money and the exposure was for me personally as a leader, I was trying to do everything by myself. I made everybody sign an NDA to, to mess with me. I was like, no, this idea is everything. You can do everything, but you can't do everything well. And so in between the time, I cried for like six weeks. Like if I was like awake, I was crying. And it's crazy too, because like now that I look back, it's nowhere near the worst thing that had happened to me. But at the time, you care so much. You 
think you're going to look like a fool. Um, but I said, okay, well, if this is going to make it on TV, I want to be in a different place by the time it finally airs. And I think there was like a three or four month time period. So I joined a co-working space here at the Alley. Shout out to the Alley. It's a really big um, co-working space. The first one to represent New York Alley startup community. Um, a lot of businesses got started there. And, um, and everything that I was trying to learn by myself for the last six months, somebody literally could teach me in like six minutes or six hours. Like, co-working and community you don't have to do everything by yourself and you're doing yourself and your business a disservice if you're trying to you know what I mean it's just yeah. not going to happen so um, I joined the alley got some technical support um, updated the site like learned all the things they didn't know what I was talking about um, and, and yeah and, and by the time it aired I was just on deck ready like to tweet at all the haters there weren't any um, and, and that was our big year like after that every year after that we doubled and tripled revenue so yeah which is so amazing <laughs> so how were you able to assemble your team because you do have to have people around yeah. you who you can trust and people who can do the work and do it the way that you want it done. Yeah, I see that's a thing. So in my personal life, I'm a Leo. In my professional life, I'm a Virgo, so which mm. means I'm a very particular. <laughs> I'm like extreme perfectionist. There's things that I've personally delayed because I don't think it's good enough. You cannot have that attitude in startup. So that's the best part of this journey. You're going to learn a lot of things that are just useful in life. Like, why? Like, it's going to be perfect and it's still going to need improvement anyway. So, like, stop holding it back. And so, for me, I always wanted to make sure that I knew what I wanted in the position and what the position required before I would hire somebody to do it. Because what you learn as a non-technical founder is that because you can't actually write the lines of code, you have to be able to speak their language. You know, you usually have like an evangelist and then you have an engineer and like there's lots of layers in between. So I had to learn how to do product and deployments. I didn't know what a SaaS product was, so that which stands for software as a service until my second year. But even though that's what I had, I didn't know marketplace. As you saw in Shark Tank, I knew the terms customer acquisition cost, but everything, I didn't pay for a press. I didn't pay for AdWords. So I didn't have you know, so there's also like some issues about like early and late stir, but you learn a lot on the fly and you learn by doing. So for me, yeah, when it comes to the team, I hold myself to a really high standard. So I hold those people to an equally high standard. I worked for free for many years. So if you're going to get paid, there's no way you're going to like complain back to me about yes. <laughs> the job I'm paying you to do. I just, I'm not into it, you know? And like, for me, like I was always a straight A student growing up. I was always in gifted and talented. And I asked people like on their own, I'm like, what would you do if you were me? Like, would you turn this into your teacher? Like, why do you think it's okay to show this? Hold yourself to a higher standard. Like, do better and come back. I'm not mad. I'm just, like, confused why you think it's okay to, you know, mm -hmm. to put this in front of me. This is how you pay your bills, you know? Like, the, you're coding. This, like, bitching isn't what keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you kind of have to have that survivor by any means necessary attitude. And so I like to – I don't like to micromanage people. I like to hire people who teach me things. You know, the best quote I've ever heard is, you know, you don't hire talented people and tell them what to do. You hire talented people and let them tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. And so – so I've had team members who were like literally, oh my God, just like in awe. I'm like, literally, I'm the person, the bosses who, I'm the kind of boss who always gives people raises, like without unprompted. I'm like, I don't want you to go nowhere. I can't do this shit without you. Never leave me. And then I've had people who have literally stolen from me and written lies to Ooh. me. So, And as a therapist, you can't tell, right? But at the beginning, when, you, when you've done things by yourself for so long, you're so grateful that anybody is there, especially when you can't afford to pay them well. But, you know, you can't be too understanding to unreliable people. It doesn't matter how cheap they are. Like, I always say, like, a hole is better than an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I've had places where I'm like, oh, I just need this person to do this one thing. But just dealing with them, the dread alone makes everybody nonproductive. And I've done things by myself before. So, you know, the best advice is always, to, like, be slow to hire and quick to fire, mm -hmm. you know. And the right people will show you early on, like, what they're there, they're there to work. So, Miss B, we know you are a boss. We know you are a CEO, and we know that you have fun. How do you balance just life, work, having your own business, clients, and a social life? 
I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm not good at it. I don't know. It's like I, I'm, I'm not good at it. I spend a lot of time with with my boo and just be like, oh my god, I can't go out. Um, you know, I got like seven jobs. You know, like all of the like I said, I don't pay for press, so like I, I'm really good at partnerships and campaigns and things that work for everybody. So that's all stuff. Being by virtue of being in New York, I get to lot, meet a lot of people. Um, but it's all kind of the same. I don't have work life balance. Like literally, my brand is representing the gospel of feeling good about yourself. So like literally, like I live love, like self love myself i'm really 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 into me so i so i need the people around me to be into me too that goes from my man to my friends and like the kind of friendships i have the people that i spend time with are always people that i admire it just so happens that all, they are all bosses in their own right you know what i mean so like for me it's a constant of elevation um but i also really value my independence you know i froze my eggs because i'm not ready to have children you know i'm not you know I've, as a therapist i've talked to primarily unhappily married people for most of my career so yeah. I'm not that fussed about marriage um, and you know because there's a lot of output as a CEO it's just like my job is like you know loving myself and doing what things get back to me you can only get from overflow and and often as an entrepreneur you, you operate at a deficit yes. and so I make a conscious choice now after my this is my third company to just not do it it's like knowing me, it's going to get done. I know myself well enough to know that for a fact. So, and I'm running my own race. It takes as long as it takes. So that's just, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoy silliness. I curse a lot. Like I'm very, most of my career has been because I'm very unprofessional. You know, <laughs> I think what makes me a good therapist is that I have poor boundaries. So I do not have work-life balance. I recommend it. You know, like I only recently started taking nights and weekends, which I hadn't done for the last 10 years mm. or whatever, but I really enjoy like, eating like bodega sandwiches in bed and <laughs> watching Netflix and fucking around on the gram. I really delight in active leisure time. I love cooking. I'm a pothead sex maniac. You know, like I really only do things that feel good. That make you happy. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. make me happy. It's yeah. really important for me to live that. So that way when my clients come to me and they're like, I can't. I'm like, why can't you? Like yeah. literally, yes, you can literally do. Live your life like a white man. Do whatever the fuck you want. Mm. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about the gram. We mentioned that a few times. How have you been love able Instagram. to leverage your, your name, your your successes, your failures into this press that you've got. Like you said, you ha you don't even have to pay for press. I don't. I, I turn down press. There's things that I, I've done that I don't even post because it just feels a bit like, and also I'm not, here's the truth about Instagram. I'm a lurker. I'm a consumer of it. I love the memes, like those people, the, oh my God, like Instagram stories, but I'm not good at it. I have terrible mm. ADD. Do and, you do your own? You do your own Yeah, Instagram? but if you look at my gram, it's I post like once a month, if okay. that. And when I do a, a IG story, it's usually reposted from somebody else. I'm not good at it. Like some people could have the music and, you yeah. know, the little doodles and that's like, how it takes a lot of time and the it captions and, you, and, and you, I think you have to have a knack for it because like I said I have ADD so I'll take a picture of him and I'll be like what's my comment going to be and then I look at you know what I mean yes, like girl. I look at these eight different things I have terrible terrible ADD so I'm not good at posting on the regular um, but when I do connect because I, I honestly think it's because I'm a therapist when I meet people in person they end up telling me about themselves and they feel close to me and I'm a professional people person I love people that wouldn't make I, like I love people and what they're capable of I like people to feel good around me that's what my name means and people just like when people like you they'll do things for you and and also like I can tell like add a psychological hook to anything and you know as you know 24 hours news cycle like when I was doing Fox News most of these things is because they just need fluff you know so when I have a story and I always have I always can find a hook like in all these years I've never pitched my business I'll never pitch my business somebody tells me about themselves and like I don't I, even on the weekend to that point about I don't like talking about work outside of work and that's a problem with entrepreneurs they'll be like how's it going and I'm like I really don't mm, this is not yeah. what I'm here to do like we're gonna catch up on bullshit that's why I like Instagram the shallow stuff like otherwise everything is very urgent in your life when you're an entrepreneur so honestly most of the time like I mean I know people and I have 
takes and opinions on things. Mm-hmm. And I'm always able to frame it in a psychological perspective. And I think because people, there is such illiteracy and like misunderstanding about it. Like people always just need like a mental health expert. So yeah, like the, I'm just usually the first person that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, I'm going back to just our days at Emerson. So is this the dream or the vision that you had for just like your career, your life of like, if you can look back, like, did you expect to be doing this or what was? It's crazy. No. I mean, I like, since I was very young, I always wanted to make something of my own. My my whole family is entrepreneurs, you know, first generation immigrant. Like I was the first one born in this country. So like my parents were very much like, I left everything behind so you could shot, you know? And so there was always, and you know, and even, I mean, not to make it a race thing, but there is something about African parents in that they have a different relationship to white people and racism. So in my house, like if you didn't get something, it wasn't because you were black. Cause in Ghana, like when things didn't go your way all the time and it wasn't because you were black, you know? And also I think because it's less emotional for non American Africans, because like, for example, my dad first came, he had to get his uh, PhD twice because they didn't accept African credentials in 1980s Texas, as you know. And so, um, and he worked at the city of Houston Health Department his whole entire career because the one time he tried to get a new job, he had two PhDs, excellent. My dad is like a total bookworm. And they told him in the interview, they're like, gosh, you're really good and we'd hire you, but you're black and you have an accent. Mm. And they could tell you that before EEO, they could tell you that to your face. And for him, it wasn't like, oh, like, let's sue the board because there wasn't anything you do. It was just like a, a knowledge like, oh, now I know this is how certain people you treat you. Mm-hmm. And so I've adjusted accordingly. So for me, it was always I never glamorized the entrepreneur lifestyle. My mom started her first company. Um, she couldn't get credentials either. So she was doing hotel security. And so she started a home health care services when I was 12. So she was gone a lot. We ate Sam's from then on. I, I saw what it requires and the non-glamorous of it. We have money coming in and money coming out like the same you know like sometimes we always had our nails done but we wouldn't have you know what I mean it was just weird you you move money around a lot so I always knew that I could do it um and when I went to Emerson I really just had this one vision it was actually I learned from Dawson's Creek I was like Dawson's mom was like a news reporter I was like oh I want to do that my parents were like you'd like arguing you should be an attorney but I was like no I want to talk to people every day (laughs) and I ended up doing that through therapy but like everything came to me like I mean I do believe that like if you have a certain and everybody does like I've met some amazing talented people that could only do what they do. Then, the, so I believe that I'm just a vessel for that because I, I started as doing broadcast journalism. I was wasn't into the way it was being taught at Emerson, but at Emerson I met like my best friends. The good thing about Emerson is like the education, truthfully, wasn't that great. And y'all not getting the rest of my student loans. I stopped paying them. <laughs> Get at me. I don't care. Talk to Liz Warren about it. I don't care. <laughs> so I'm not paying. <laughs> But you meet people. I had never, I was always ambitious. When you get to Emerson, I was 17 years old. People knew exactly what they wanted to do. Mm. The most, they just, and it was amazing, like in every single audio. And I was like, how did you even know about this stuff? Weren't you just getting fingered at the Y? Like, I mean, like in high school, I didn't, you know, I was just like, oh yeah, I'll do something cool. But it was amazing. And a lot of my friends, like Brad Dampals, you know, like was sweet, um, sweet mates with my college sweetheart, um, is the CEO of GoFundMe, you know, like Taylor Jenkins, my best friend, her daughter is named after me, like has written like seven books. Last one was optioned by Reese Witherspoon. You're doing your thing. It just so happens like school, the curriculum isn't that great. Who you were around, those people are end up with being like so true. The people who want to get shit done. Like, and that's can happen without higher education for sure but it just so happens like millennials this is how we raise so and and then after that same thing with therapy I you know was really ambitious I took a lot of unpaid internships with no credit just to try out different industries I did a PR internship just to figure out um just because I didn't know anything about it the career counseling associate wasn't helpful so I was always like let me try and work on myself and 
when I graduated, it, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I came to New York. I had spent time in Europe. I got kicked out of Europe. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, I guess. Is there a story? There's a story behind that. It's, a, it's just me trying things. Okay. Like, it's just like, let me go Let me go to Europe and learn languages. So I did. I went to Spain and France. I got engaged every time that I was there. I just It was way cheaper than Emerson. There was no winter. Like, so I just started spending a lot of time in Europe. And I thought I would end up there. Then I didn't get my visa. So I came back to New York. Mm, okay. And when I got back to New York, I, my very, very, very first job was, do you have a second for the environment? <laughs> You know those people? Those people just landed in yes. New York. Do you have a second for human rights? Do you have a, so like, you know, so like those lobbyists, like that was my first job. I was a personal trainer. I worked in art galleries. I worked for Bloomberg. And my last job was in real estate. And while I was in real estate, I was like, I, I'm, I'm not aggressive about sales. Like, again, like even with like therapy, like I said, I don't pitch myself. I talk about what I know. Like I lead as a thought leader and then have the, the business and the product follow. But I, you know, I'd be like, all right, here's the product. But like, do you really think you want to have kids with him? Like, oh my God, girl, because I'm African, so I'm naturally nosy. So like, when I be talking about the floor plans, I'm like, I don't know, girl, this might can't be kind of small. And people, it's, being a partner is a very emotional experience. So, and a lot of times people's parents' money are involved. So people just ended up telling me things. And I would get referrals based on people being like, oh, she's really, good. she'll help you make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And finally, one of my clients told me, he was like, people like and trust you easily. You should be a therapist. You're really good at getting people to tell you things. It had never, again, had never occurred to me. I shadowed one class at Columbia. It was the only school I applied to and I got in. Yeah. So that's yeah. a thing. Everything just like, it's like, if you don't, res- path of least resistance always. When you wonder why things are going your way, I promise, like, you're so fo- focused on it happening this way. And like, behind you, everybody's like, look over here, look over here. Yeah. There's always a way. There's uh-huh. always a way. Exactly. And I think New York is really good about fostering that kind what of. What would you tell young entrepreneurs who are, you know, in their first, to second to third year of business who are mm, struggling, so working for free, yeah. not really thinking, you know, this is my dream, my vision, but it's just not coming to fruition. What would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. I always say, you you know you're on the right track if it keeps you up at night and it wakes you up in the morning. Mm. But I'm very honest with entrepreneurs when I say it's not big enough for a certain, like if it might, if it, investors, if you want to go the VC startup route, investors only invest if they are going to expect a 30 to 50 X return. You're either going to get acquired by a big company or your IPO. There are businesses that do well, like what my parents do that are never going to generate that, you know, like extreme exponential revenue or whatever. And so that might be more of the um, self-funding, get a small business loan thing, try and be revenue positive, cash positive before. And so I'm very honest with people about what kind of business they have. Because if you keep saying no, and I'm taking meetings with all these people and they invest in these dumb companies over mine, it's like, yeah, but yours isn't really scalable in that way. And also don't waste your time. Your time is more important than money. So if you waste too much time focusing in the wrong direction, like that is how you burn out. You know, companies don't close because of lack of funding. They close because of lack of focus. So I think you definitely have to have a vision. Mm-hmm. You have to have a really, really long-term vision about like where you want to go. What is the moonshot? Like, and then don't do anything that takes you away from this. Especially in today's like Instagram ecosystem, it's really saying, well, let me hustle with this. Let me do a song with this. Let me do all these things. Oh, I'm going to spend all this money on this. Like, why? Like, that's not you know, really the way to success. So like really think about what the feeling is you want to have from it. Like with me, I'm like essentially the difference is just basically a prepaid hotline. It's a customer service line for your life. It's not that deep, but what I, what my vision is that everybody has somebody to talk to on a bad day. Mm. So that's, I work backwards from that and reverse engineer all the products, the partnerships that we need for that. And so when it comes to entrepreneurs, like definitely think about like, do you have five years in you? Um, Cause it's annoying. It's really, really hard. And after you've made all the excuses and giving yourselves valid permission, mission and reasons why you should stop doing it if you still want to do it then you should keep going mm, yeah that's good advice all right Iris. question time yes okay i'll record go ahead so we always ask all our guests this what advice would you give your younger self oh man 
<laughs> in what advice would I give? I would tell young B, um, damn, it, it's always the same. You don't know how popping you are. Like, stop chasing. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mostly when it comes to boys. I was boy crazy. <laughs> and now I run these dudes. I'm telling you, it's just, if I had known the power, like, people, yeah. So when it comes to romance, like, seriously, stop, like, looking for good things about this person whose company you don't enjoy. Only spend time with people whose company you enjoy. There, I got to it. That's good advice. So what's next for you? I have a lot. Are you writing a book? I'm writing a book. Yes. (laughs) But not to let my editor tell. I missed that deadline by many months. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's just basically about the culture of avoidance in America Mm. and the economic impact of emotional negligence. Um, Because I really think the stigma that people associate with mental health isn't really about mental health because mental health is two people talking in a room. The stigma is with talking about bad things. Mm-hmm. People do not like to t- admit they're struggling, that they don't know what to do next. And I really, in my journey in life, I want to abolish my industry. I want it to, people are, your friends should be the first responders. It's, it's sad to me sometimes with like, oh my God, my daughter needs help when you talk to her. I'm like, have you tried to talk to her? Like professional help is really good, but a lot of people don't know how to, and we're humans. We're supposed to be able to take care of each other. So the book, the podcast, I do have a podcast with Sonos coming up that I recommend the thing. It's called Be the Change. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. Alexa's my sidekick actually, because we film in the Sonos studio. So Be the Change is coming out soon this summer. And we just shot the first three episodes. Um, we have the book, Bad Things by B. Arthur. It's a tentative title. I wanted to call it Bad Things by Black B. Arthur, but we'll see. <laughs> now, what's that? Give us a little snippet of that one. Well, that's what it is about that's, the culture of avoidance. Okay, okay. Yeah, and just like making it easier for people to understand um, their feelings. Teach emotional literacy, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And then um, we have the book. We have the show. I'm working on a, um, a, uh, a documentary for a while that I hope happens. We'll see. It will. We'll see. Yeah, let's claim it. It yes. will. Documentary, the show, the book. I got these eggs. I got to unfreeze one day. They're chilling. My babies are chilling. Wait, the show? The show. Yeah, the show is essentially, it's just the podcast. Be the change. Okay, the podcast. Yeah, but okay, we tape okay. it. So there's a YouTube. Gotcha. Um, yeah, okay. element. Um, but mostly, like, what I want to do more than anything is the difference. I really want the difference to be open in 24-7. The difference will be a household name by 2020. Um, we are doing the MetLife uh, Mental Health Tech Accelerator. Um, so MetLife's one of our first clients. Wow. Crisis Tech Line. Hopefully we have a partnership coming up with Tom's and SoulCycle. So there's a lot to do. So I'm hiring for really solid uh, ops person. I really need a right hand at this point. But, yeah, so it's how can How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So I'm connect. really bad at email. So <laughs> but you can try. Yeah, <laughs> all t- of the. All of them. I shut down when I'm home. I'm just like, I'll get to it. And then I don't. We but, love you anyway. <laughs> I mean, honestly, DMs are the best way to deal with me because, I mean, you should see my phone. It's a channel. like text. I don't reply to anything. But you can, on Twitter, at LMHC. that's probably the best way, like, because that's where I mess around and, and waste time on Twitter. Um, my Instagram is bbarthur, but I'm not very active there. And my, I really don't like the DMs I get on there, so don't hit me up there. Um, but, yeah, we're doing an update to my site, bartherapy.com and you can see me there. But please, please sign up for the difference co which will launch this summer awesome yes, thank you will. so much b for being in the ladies yes, <laughs> you've inspired us so much oh, seriously yeah thank you ladies i'm no lady though <laughs> <laughs> let's keep the conversation going connect with us on social media using the handle on air tlr and of course if there's a lady you want us to interview let us know we'll chat again soon in the, the ladies room, room.